to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host, Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number, 928-428-9494. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy first day of the fair. Good luck to all of us. I said it yesterday. It's it's not real fair food if it's not deep fried and on a (laughs) stick. So... We'll see who survives. Uh, before we jump in, and we're going to jump right in, I, I have to say, I drove my wife uh, to the airport last night. She's uh, out of town on, for business. And it took less than 12 hours for me to devolve into. <laughs> um, I, I, I knocked a bottle of uh, vinegar off the counter this morning, spilled it all over the kitchen floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even know we had vinegar. That's I, <laughs> was it white vinegar? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, we've got the whole floor clean though. Yeah. Uh, there you, you go. Know, we're, Look we're at gonna, the silver lining there. Well, yeah, but while I was mopping it up, I burned my bagel, which is not a, a euphemism in any way. I just didn't check the toaster <laughs> and the settings on it, and uh, so I ruined my breakfast. So, so it's chaos at your house Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Royce is the civilization in the household. She's the what it takes. I cannot function without uh, a, a strong female presence, apparently. <laughs> so I think there's a really good chance I'm going to die this weekend in some stupid manner. Well, maybe you shouldn't go to the fair then. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Although, there's a real risk. I'll be suffocated by, swallowed up by a, a, a sofa sleeper. Oh, goodness. Uh, that's a, it's a possibility. I don't have one. But I think somehow it'll appear in the house. It'll manifest. It can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you go to the fair this weekend, you'll have to go to the, the school exhibits because our Safford Library preschool story time group, they said they put a submission in. They made pie, uh, little pie crafts, and it's on a little gingham tablecloth, and it's out there at the fair for folks to look at and enjoy. That voice you hear is Elizabeth Henley. She's with the library, as is Leslie Talley. They're here. And I, I finally got to meet, I was going to say your better half, but you are the better half. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but I, I got to meet your husband and we talked art and, and it was a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Yes, yeah. his photography students also have entries in the fair. So uh, the library. So, all right. So story time. You have to check that out. I definitely will. And uh, what else is going on with the library? See, we were talking about before you guys came on. I was talking with Reed Richens over on Cat Country. I wasn't on. It was during one of his breaks. And he said, who's on the show today? And I said, well, the library's on. And he goes, oh, yeah? And I said, they've always got stuff. So it's wonderful. I love it when you guys come on because there's always something happening at the library. It's the place to be. We're in full swing in our fall programming. So there's a lot of fun stuff going on that we can talk about. But pretty much any time is a good time to come see us at the library. I mean, we're partial to it, of course. (laughs) We're a little biased. I was going to say, oh, it's fall. So we're getting into our busy season. But really, we're busy with activities and programming year round. Uh, But fall is always especially fun. We get all the fall decorations out. Well, our coworker Debbie does for sure. And Leslie's office is already charming little kids as they walk by because it's very, very Halloween spirited. I was going for a scary old lady, but instead the kids think it's cute. So I didn't quite, couldn't quite get there. 
Fair enough. I yeah. just noticed something. I don't know if this was intentional. So Leslie has a, uh, a small flyer in front of her she's going to use for notes and stuff. And at the bottom of it is a graphic. It's a, uh, I can't read it from here. Uh, what does that say? Uh, super creative. We're super creative. So uh, that it matches Elizabeth's earrings. Oh, the color palette. There's yellows nice. and greens and blues. Yeah. I just noticed that. Was that by design? Oh, or? sure. You know, we, <laughs> we love a theme at Dressed the library. Dressed flyers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we're so excited about those exhibits because those exhibits have been nationally recognized twice yes. now. Yes. Uh, you sent it to me. Um, the write-up in... In Government Tech. Government Tech. Yeah. Safford Library was featured in... I didn't want to do a story until you came in, and I wanted to find out about that. How did that all come about? Well, the reporter had contacted the ALA looking to interview people in small libraries that are involved in STEM programming. The article is about just the work that small libraries around the country are doing to make sure that kids have good access to STEM. And we were recommended through the ALA, so they contacted us. Um, they also were part of the STEM equity grant, and that was another thing that they focused on. So the other library, um, Berry Hill, Arkansas, they're also one of in the cohort with the grant with us. So that's how... We came to their attention. The The lead in the article talks about, and I'll put a link up on Gila Valley Central, uh, talks about how it's it's easier for major metro libraries to do this because generally there's funding. You know, look, Phoenix has got some millionaires, might even have a billionaire or two, and there's donations coming in. So it's it's easier. Out in the rural areas, there you've got to scratch and claw for every penny. That's And we have been really fortunate in our funding. We have great support through the Friends, through United Way, through the city, and also through Freeport-McMoran. So we have been fortunate in that in the last several years. But we've been in the working in STEM in our library for 17 years now. This is our 17th year. And so we've just kind of learned a lot and know how to do it on a budget <laughs> for sure. So even though we, like I said, we do have great funding, but we are really frugal with what we do, but we're able to offer a lot. So it was exciting to see that work recognized um, in this publication for all the small libraries that are really working to bring STEM into the communities. Uh, last question, ALA, is that Arizona Library or it's American Library? The American Library Association. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, we're Arizona, so I, <laughs> true, true. AZLA, yeah. Oh, is Arizona. Uh, yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations. It's it's well warranted, and as you say, it's always nice to get some national recognition mm -hmm. for the effort that you guys put in, uh, because I, we're spoiled here, and anybody who's lived in another community, especially another small community, may not realize just how good we've got it un, until you get here. You, you need that background, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. Because, uh, like I say, I've lived in Lake... My, the last community before I got here was Lake Havasu City, bigger than all of Graham County. The city itself is about 60,000. And no way does that library come close to what you guys do. And I'm not knocking the Mojave County Library System. They, they do their best. Um, but it just doesn't. It doesn't compare to what's done at the Safford City Graham County Library because... You guys just maximize every opportunity. And it has a lot to do with the staff and the support system and members of the community that are so willing to come share their talents. So it just comes together. It sure does. Us. Yeah, and we're glad that it does. And you're right. The friends uh, really have to get some credit because yeah. they're, that's a passionate group. 
and not every community has they may have one or two but not a group like this we're our friends group is so dedicated um they're even this month going to have their jerry's dine out where if you take their flyer to jerry's on october 18th i believe is that the date uh, let's see. Yes. October yes. Uh, got it memorized. All right. On October 18th and you give them the Jerry's flyer for the friends dine out, then a portion of the, the proceeds of that day go to the friends of the Safford library. Yeah. Jerry's is donating a full 25% of your ticket when you eat at Jerry's that day. So it's a fantastic fundraiser. You do have to have the flyer. That's why I brought you four because you've got uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. Okay. Oh, I, I, <laughs> oh, we're eating there all day. <laughs> oh, the light. Yeah. That's our plans. So if you want to eat out that day, that's the day to be at Jerry's. And it should be noted, uh, the Friends had another successful radio auction. Amazing. Uh, each year, they've, they've made more. Um, my numbers came out to just over 10,000. Paulette double-checked me and said she didn't think it was quite a 10,000. I look at my numbers. They still add up, but I'm worried I may have double-counted something. Okay. Uh, but... There's still a couple of pieces that were out there uh, that she said was going to go up for raffle. So I know this auction will ultimately top 10000 Because if nothing else, Paulette's going to buy one of them. It's it's a MP print. An MP print. Yeah, yeah. and I, at the very least, Paulette will and send MP's it And still pretty popular in our community. Yeah. So, yeah, I think she might have some competition on that one. So easily a, a $10,000 auction for three years in a row has gone up by about 1000 each year. Um, and that just benefits the library and the programming, correct? Yeah, the Friends do so much, and they don't always um, kind of sing their own praises, so we can do that for them today. But they're a huge support. They pay for our, um, gosh, I don't even know which parts, a lot of the teen programming um, some of the databases, the the young adult collection. They also are a key sponsor with our early literacy concert series every spring. Oh, yes, that's big. That's been really popular too, because that's been what two, three years. This this spring will be our third year. Will be the it, third. Year. The whole program has exceeded our expectations by far, and we already are planned out. Let's see. So we've already got our artists for twenty four. We planned out past like at least twenty twenty five of who we're bringing in so and and you guys just pack the the player center we do we want to get as many um well for the school age kids as many kindergarten through second grade students in there and then it's also open to the public you on one of the performances so as many zero to five and their families as possible to have that enriching early literacy experience and again should be noted free Oh, yes. Because nothing, there's no charge at the library. Mm-hmm. Nope, everything is free. So, yeah, it's it's a, it, a tremendous effort that they've put in. So, let's talk about uh, October. What, what do you want to highlight first? And I say first because, again, there's tons of stuff. There's tons. Um, I've got one thing, and then we'll turn it over to Elizabeth for some things going on in her group. But on the 14th, we are having an eclipse that we're not completely in the path of the the full eclipse, but we'll have a really good view of it. And so we will be out at our new library annex on South Central Avenue from nine to 10 with eclipse glasses. And we'll also be doing a citizen science project. So if you want to come see the eclipse, come join us and watch it from the parking lot there. Or if you are just going to do it on your own, stop by and we'll give you some eclipse glasses leading up to it while supplies last. Very cool. Yeah. And then, Oh, and then, you know, right now we're really excited because the, 
It's our annual Halloween carnival for ages two to five on October 26th. That's a Thursday at 10 a.m. And we do that in our big programming room with tons of of little uh, carnival activities for the kids and carnival games. They all come dressed up and they're so cute. And then at about 1115, we're going to do the costume parade through the library and they get to trick or treat at the Cirque desk. It's always highly memorable. I am always so impressed with some of these costumes. Last year, a family came and their kids, the little girl was Pebbles from the Flintstones and the little brother, the baby brother was Bam Bam. But the stroller, they the little brother was sleeping the whole time. It was adorable. But the stroller was basically a Flintstone car that was going through. So we'll see what happens with that this year. And then, of course, Dinosaur Day. It's not October, but it's coming in November. And so it's good to kind of mark your calendar for that. Uh, Dinosaur Day on Wednesday, November 8th from 10 to 1. And that one's a come and go type of style event. I Can I recommend to anybody out there, if you're free on uh, the Halloween event day, go to the library. Because just, just just go in and watch the parade. Because it's so fun. It's a highlight. It really us. is. So and it's fun. generally kids zero to five. It's pre-K. Correct. Um, because the kids are back in school. So uh, it's it's fun to watch the little ones. Because some of them get it. Some of them don't. Some of them just want to walk around. Some of them are tired and just mommy carry me. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it's just it's enjoyable. It it really, really is. Speaking of out of school, uh what with this break, now a two week fall break, uh for Safford schools, are you guys doing anything special for that? Uh, we don't have anything outside of our normal because we already do a program every day of the week. So we just kind of kept with that schedule since that's what a lot of the kids expect. So this week we had our K through third on Tuesday. We had Lego and board games yesterday and today is anime club. And the next week we've got um, the same lineup K through three on Tuesday, four through six on Wednesday and our teens on Thursday. So we just have lots of things to do. Um, our new exhibit is also here that's part of that STEM equity grant. This is the final in the traveling exhibit. So it's almost assembled. Two pieces are up. We're working on the third. So that's there for the kids to come explore. And it's all hands-on. Um, one that you might enjoy coming to see, it's a stop animation station where kids can learn about animation and do some animation with little critters and Legos and stuff. So it's very fun. Is is that... Now, that's at the main library, not at the annex. At the right? main library, yes. Okay. Um, because the annex is is slowly getting those other pieces, the green screen and, um, oh, there was one other thing you said would be coming. The podcasting equipment. Right, that was yeah. it. Is there any thought of, of moving that sort of programming over there? Um, not for the exhibit because we want as many people as possible to be able to interact with it. And we do have full hours at the main library. The annex is just open during programming. Okay. So for now, at least that's how things will stay. Um, we are having the eclipse activity over there because there's a better outdoor area to be in 
So we've yeah, got, it's a nice size parking lot. Mm-hmm. It really is. It and, is, and we are doing the open gaming days for 16 and up at the annex on two Saturdays a month. Now we're going to try two. The first one in September went well, so we'll be there on the 14th and the 28th for Magic: The Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, just tabletop games, puzzles, whatever people want to bring and do. And isn't it your uh, 3D printer? Who's running the gaming too? Yes, that's Matt Scott. He's <laughs> our makerspace coordinator slash resident uh, geek. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, he's a perfect fit for Every, us. <laughs> everybody does double duty. Uh, and he's also the owner of Lilu, the two-time champion of the Chihuahua races, who will be making an appearance at the library. Is that today? Yes, it's today. Yes. Lilu, the champion Chihuahua race winner, will be at Storytime for a celebrity sighting at the end of Storytime yes. today. Oh, we do wow. enjoy our celebrities. <laughs> Four two eight nine four nine four. Tell you what, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more with Elizabeth Henley, Leslie Talley with the Safford Library right after this. Welcome back to Voice of the Valley in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I am Dave Bell, Leslie Talley, Elizabeth Henley with the Safford Library have joined me today. Thank you guys for being here. You know, whenever you guys come in, uh, whoever comes in from the library, because it's always, there's eight million of you running around. There's only seven of us. I know, there there really isn't nearly enough to do as much as you do. Um, We tend to talk about stuff for the kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we really do focus, and Elizabeth, of course, being the early literacy coordinator, she better talk about yeah, the kids. Yeah, that's my jam. <laughs> yeah. um, but the library also serves adults, and I know my audience, I don't have too many pre-Ks listening right now. <laughs> yeah. That's Well, we do have some fun stuff coming up for the adults. Um, our cooking class series has moved over to the new library annex, so again, that's on South Central Avenue. And this month, we are going to learn about pressure canning. So it's Cindy Pearson with the Cooperative Extension. So she's going to teach us, I don't have her flyer with me, but it's pressure canning. And I think it's like chicken and beef stew and kind of things like that that you can can. Are the tamales this month or in November? The tamales are in November. November. So green corn tamale class in November. Highlight of the year. And not just because library staff gets to eat tamales. Gets to eat samples. Yes. Isn't, look, I'm showing my A midwestern roots and be the fact that i'm the whitest guy here uh tamales are a christmas tradition mm-hmm. okay yes all right sorry i <laughs> well you can eat them year round <laughs> right so right but yes a but, christmas tradition yeah i mean it, well you know it's was it passover latkes and and brisket is typically uh the passover part of passover seder uh, from I think so. From what I know, from years of reading but Martha that Stewart mean, magazine, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't eat brisket or latkes anytime. But, yeah, you know, but it's a traditional uh, holiday dish. It is. That's okay. why we usually do it in the fall. Plus, that's when the green chili are coming off. So we've got all the beautiful fresh green chili that we can have roasted here in town. So that's coming in November. But for for this month, it's on the 11th, and we do the class at 10 and again at 5 over in our annex, and that is pressure canning. And then the Friends Night Out is also coming up. They're going to be at our annex as well, and they are having an educational night about cotton in the valley. So 
the history of cotton, how it plays into the economy and everything now. So if you're interested in cotton. And that sounds cotton, fascinating to me. Not, yeah. Excuse me for interrupting. No. That sounds fascinating to me because, you know, I'm not originally from here, yet I greatly identify this region as a cotton growing region. So to know more about that background is intriguing. So it should be really interesting. They've got people coming in to speak about it that cotton is what they do. I just, boy, I'm probably, the friends are going to get mad at me for saying this. Uh, I just recently found out, even though cotton is one of the five C's of Arizona, right? Correct. It's, it's cotton, uh, citrus, copper, climate, cattle. cattle, and climate are the five C's. You can make an argument for a sixth, at least around here, convicts, because we have <laughs> oh dear, we have so many, you know. We don't advertise that, David. We really don't. Um, but I just recently learned we produce way more alfalfa in Arizona than we do cotton. Alfalfa is easily the number one revenue generating crop, but also number one in terms of tonnage, which I was shocked to learn because like you, it was like, well, we're cotton, right? right? So I don't know if we in Graham are more cotton than alfalfa, but Arizona is more alfalfa than, than cotton. I think cotton's just so recognizable in the fields that might be part of the association it's it's better for the environment than alfalfa alfalfa is a water drain it it just it just sucks up water constantly uh, much like is it pistachios I, I think. think so. And I think I saw in some sort of recent documentary that a lot of that is being grown on the west part of the state. And it might be because I remember uh, there's a farm just south of Parker that was a battle for water rights. And, and, and that's what it was. It, it was a water rights documentary I was in Arizona that I was watching. Yeah. Or really the southwest. It was called Planet Ranch was the name of this particular farm. And they just had a ton of water rights and they were growing alfalfa and it was just sucking up all the they were growing it just to grow i mean sure but yeah we, well, we so i'm i'm hoping this area is more cotton than alfalfa because cotton's a much more well, responsible prod uh visually it grow. seems that way now we would be remiss if we did not mention an event that our co-workers are so stinking excited for um there is going to be a twilight trivia night as one of our adult programs, and that is also going to be over at the Annex Building on South Central Avenue. So, What is, date is the Twilight Trivia? Um, Twilight Trivia is on the 26th, and is it at the Annex or is it in the main building? Our calendar has it as the main building. Oh, Maybe my, Jennifer's my listening apologies. and can text us the, <laughs> my the answer to that. I feel like it's in the main building, but I could be wrong. So because life has changed, I have to ask, is it Trivia during twilight hours or is it trivia about the books twilight about the books twilight they've had some kind of anniversary or something recently haven't they yes they There's have some reason that we're excited about the twilight books again oh um jennifer did answer it will be in the main building oh excuse so, me sorry about that jennifer yeah. so five thirty on thursday the 26th costumes are encouraged and brush up on your book knowledge because they have been working on these trivia questions for a good month at least. Oh yes, I don't I don't think there's going to be a lot of necessarily easy questions. I mean, they are huge Twilight fans. They're going to make the Twilight fans who come to Twilight Trivia Trivia Night really work for it. I think they're also going to have some themed snacks like Leslie said, come in costume. It's going to be amazing and really lovely for the end of October. Mm -hmm. Um thus the fall weather and you know those uh kind of fictional um 
characters, you know, vampires. It just kind of fits in with Halloween and the whole vibe. Harry Potter dominated Halloweens and libraries for so long. Are we seeing a slight shift to other genre fiction for the holiday? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> That's I. I guess. Um, I, I guess know. my question yeah. is how how are the books moving? Are they are they constantly being checked um, out? They still circulate, not as heavy as they did. So right now, the my junior readers are all about the graphic novels. That's the bulk of what is checking out for me. So, but Harry Potter's definitely will always have a fan base, I think, but it's not as in the forefront as it was. We really, I mean, Harry Potter's probably the 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 newest evergreen. Is that a fair way to put it? Where, I mean, there were always books that moved because they always moved, mm -hmm. whether it was a school assignment or they were popular. Look, I don't know if anybody really wanted to read Moby Dick, but, you know. It was forced, <laughs> yeah. Except, yeah. For, except for Matilda. Matilda, uh, oh, Roald Matilda loves Moby Dick. And one of our volunteers, Bailey, who is one of the best people to talk to if you need a book recommendation, she also just finished Moby Dick for the second or third time. Okay. So, yeah. So, but, um, but people wanted to read Harry Potter. Yes. I mean, it was, uh, and, and I'm curious if Twilight has, because I remember when it was big, I'm curious if it's got that evergreen kind of status. I think it does have a fan base. I don't know if there's as many if it's as broad of a fan base as Harry Potter, just because Harry Potter had appeal across all kinds of um, ages and genders <laughs> and everything else. And maybe I'm showing my age, but Anne Rice was was huge for a while too. Mm -hmm. um, still, uh, does does it still have the same cash, cash or cachet? How do you pronounce that? I don't know. We'll look at. I don't know. Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't know. I lean to to Elizabeth because she's the educator. So I oh no, oh no. <laughs> But, you know, pressure's on yeah yeah but i think one of the reasons harry potter went so crazy is it opened up fantasy to a lot of readers i had never read a fantasy book until my neighbor talked me into harry potter and then i think i only read fantasy for 10 years <laughs> i'm finally back out of that phase but i may slip back into it there were there was a series of dragon books too i'm trying to remember aragon Fablehaven. there's lots of good dragon books yeah. out there i'm i can picture the the dust jacket and I want to say the the author name started MC, but I do not, I cannot recall. But I can picture them. And again, I'm showing my age because this is, gosh, this is pre college, so this is in the 70s. But they were, they were huge too. So I don't care if it goes through cycles and different books grab people's attention. Heck, Martin, uh, because of HBO, people got back into the George R. R. Martin books. Mm -hmm. Great. Is that the Wheel of Time? Is it that series or which um, one is? That's Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game oh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, great. So Twilight. Uh, I got to be honest, don't know anything about it other than uh, the movies. Everybody looked wistfully at each other. Yes. They that's, sparkle that's, in the sunlight. Yeah. That's all I, <laughs> I kind of live in. They live in Washington State. In Forks, Washington. Mm -hmm. I learned that recently. One of our coworkers is going to go to Forks, Washington. Because of all the prep she's done for this program, she's headed to Forks now. That's right. <laughs> we do our research at the library. Apparently. <laughs> holy cow. Yeah. I didn't know there was travel requirements. Sometimes. <laughs> um, what else is coming up at the library? I don't know. What else do we want to talk about, Elizabeth? There's, like you said, always something fun to do. I think we've hit the main points. We'll be out at Harvest Festival, so you can come see us there. 
Um, we're getting ready for a visit from an author, from Jess Walter. So we do have a few of his books, The Cold Millions, that are available because that's the main book he'll be discussing when he visits us in November. So we'll have some of those with us at Harvest Festival. And it should be, and you know, it's always a great time to push the different uh, library of things. Oh, and. Yeah the objects and games and activities you can check out from the library, something that's especially fun for October. And we'll have it out longer than that, I believe. But Leslie, you were saying we're going to have a ghost hunting kit available for checkout. So our library of things has a lot of board games and um, STEM kits and birding kits, but we've decided to expand out a little bit. So we are adding a ghost hunting kit. We need to get it cataloged, but it'll be ready hopefully mid next week. Our downtown has haunted buildings. Just Depending saying. on who you ask, the library is a haunted building. Really? Well, I've seen I've seen the uh, the Instagram. Well, oh, we definitely have a ghost that's very very active in October, so you can yeah. watch for her. We we she'll be back. <laughs> We're sure. Uh, but we do so. we do in theory have some haunted buildings. Mm-hmm. I know Genevieve's is one of them. Yeah, there's some good lore around that one. I mean, we're an old mining town that's been here for a long time. There's always some good stories. So for anybody that's interested in learning more about the library, where should they go? Um, to the Safford Library website, that's saffordlibrary.org. And we also have a podcast you can listen to that's linked on our website. And is Elizabeth the host? Elizabeth and Victoria. Yep, we Victoria and I host that. It's called Safford Library Book Jockeys, and you can find it on our Safford Library website, Podbean, Apple Music, and we're working on even more ways to get connected with the podcast. Outstanding. Elizabeth Henley, Leslie Talley, Safford Library, thank you guys so much. Oh, it's right, always a pleasure for... being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. And thank you all for listening as well. I appreciate it every single day. I am out of here for right now, but I may be back tomorrow if I don't kill myself. Until then, you guys have a great day. Mm-hmm.